Welcome to the Wealthstream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to the Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from High Tower Great Lakes. How are you, Tim? I'm doing well, Eric. How about yourself? It's I'm doing great, and it's so good to see you. I know. I know the audience the can't see you, but I Eric can. can see me right now. That's so. right. That's right. For the audience, if you haven't seen Tim, Tim, he is a handsome gentleman, and uh, he's easy face on the for eyes. Audio is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. So it's good that the uh, cameras are off to the audience. Uh, all right, yes. we didn't talk about our good looks today, or we we, we did, but we didn't come here for that. Um, no. What are we talking about today on the podcast? So when we deal with, the, when we uh, do a advanced planning, we call it, for our clients, especially our business owners, uh, it covers wealth transfer, wealth protection, charitable giving, wealth enhancement. One of the uh, processes we have is in what we call scenario planning. We also call it stress testing. But um, I thought I'd kind of walk through that process today in light of COVID and all the business owners, all the clients that I have this year who have had to completely adjust how they're doing things. Um, and scenario planning can't predict, cannot predict the future, but it does help you maybe be prepared more for events like this. And I think I've watched a lot of my clients adapt really quickly, um, change how their business models operate, change how they work, and I think some of the scenario planning that we've done with them um, has really helped. So I just thought it would be useful to kind of go through that process for the listener. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I've never heard it called scenario planning, but I really, really like that because it, it kind of shows possibilities, right? It, it, it shows multiple paths. Exactly. And, you know, it's so interesting because I'm, I'm an accountant by nature, and so I call it stress testing. And mm -hmm. I had somebody say, well, you know, scenario planning is a nicer word. So... <laughs> It's really the same thing, yeah. but you know, when the marketing people get involved, they call it different things. But, but regardless of what you call it, um, the key takeaways today are really that scenario analysis is really about, or planning is about considering, like you said, possibilities, alternative mm -hmm. futures. Um, we're not trying to predict the future. We're just really trying to consider what could happen. Um, it's also pretty, it can be very simple, and in many cases, you know, clients are doing it, we're doing it ourselves with our firm, um, but it could also be very complex. So, and I'll go kind of go through the difference. And then the other thing I'll just say is scenario planning is great, but it really doesn't work unless you follow it up with some real strategic planning. Because if you come up with things you need to be worried about, concerned about, things you're trying to avoid, then you need to do strategic planning to, you know, address them and make sure that you're prepared and, and you're at least monitoring what could happen going forward. Um, so that's kind of what I think the key takeaways are. Okay, and so... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, so do you suggest this for every company? I, I really do. I think at the very least, when we talk about simple scenario planning, I think everyone should be doing it. And, and I think when the listener kind of sees what the process is, they'll say, well, yeah, we're doing some of this already. And maybe you know, just formalizing it, maybe mm -hmm. just saying, okay, twice a year, once a year, you know, when we do our annual budgets, let's say, um, it's just something that we should always try to add into the planning process. So yeah, absolutely. Everybody should do it. 
All right. So, and it gets to kind of the why, you know. So why I think it's so important is that, you know, if you go back and we did a couple of uh, two-part podcasts on what we call value drivers or mm-hmm. knowing your value. And one of the benefits of um, identifying the drivers or one of the ways you identify the drivers is going through some of these scenarios, you know, like identifying really or trying to figure out what is actually imp- the most important things we do for our clients and and how they drive the value of the company. But also, I think the why is really COVID, right? I mean, this has been such a traumatic year. You know, I have clients who are like orthopedic surgeons that are primarily offering Mm -hmm. elective surgeries who were shut down and had to figure out how to adapt. And I have restaurant owners and I have contractors, construction companies, uh, some of whom didn't really feel the construction industry. A lot of it didn't feel the impact of COVID or the shutdown immediately, but are starting to feel some of it now. Mm. Um, certainly, uh, I have clients who are in the hotel industry, and some of them, you know, they're just getting hammered. So I think everyone is adapting quickly. Um, and then maybe now as we're looking into 2021, we can step back and say, all right, well, let's do a formal process and really think logically and long term about what are some of the risks and what are the, some of the things I need need to avoid. And and that's why I think everyone should just consider scenario planning or strategic planning, um, you know, stress testing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I, I think of a couple different industries that I know personally have uh, not benefited from COVID, but they actually did better in COVID than they thought they were going to do. And, and if they had done this process and thought about these scenarios, what happens if... I know early on when COVID hit, uh, the concern was people's finances, right? So two businesses, specifically landscaping and also home repair and or, you know, remodeling, right? I know people that are in those industries, they are really concerned about people's finances drying up, right? Dropping, uh, people losing their job, not being able to do what they're going to do to make their normal income. Uh, But the opposite happened for those industries because, after a couple months, people felt more secure about their finances. The market changed a bit. Uh, and then they're stuck at home looking at their backyard going, well, I could really use a flower bed over here. I could really use a, a water <laughs> fountain or a, a water. Yeah. I could use a water feature in this corner of the yard. Or uh, as my wife said, you know, we could, we could probably remodel this bathroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly. But my friends that are contractors, they have been busy this entire time because people have been stuck at home going, okay, I, I could change this around. I could do this differently. And they actually have the finances to do so because they're still working. They're just working from home and they're not spending as much money because they're not able to go out. So it's, it's been interesting. Exactly. And you know, Samantha in our office, who you interviewed for one of our podcasts. She was fantastic. um, Yeah. She was wanted a fence uh, for her beautiful dogs and it took eight weeks to to get someone to come out. So absolutely. There's some industries that really they can't handle the, the overload of work and others that are are needing to adapt to how they deliver. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, I talked to my my accountant, Shannon Lee. She said that her restaurant owners, her restaurant business owners, that a little more than half of them, actually, their net earnings are better this year than they were last year. And and obviously, that's not good for the employees because primarily these were restaurants that had the ability and the space to adapt. They had the ability to do, you know, curbside or, mm-hmm. you know, delivery, things like that. Um, but they're working with fewer people. So it's the people, the, the employees who have been hurt the worst, um, but, but they have been able to adapt to figure out how to survive. And then hopefully, you know, into 2021 or whenever we 
able to open up permanently, um, they'll be able to really get some of those people back if they're still around. Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about scenario planning, you know, and what is it, um, it's really looking simply at alternative futures, right? It's, it's sitting back instead of working in the business day to day, it's at least budgeting time to step back with your team and looking at alternative futures by looking on the business. So for example, like for us, you know, we're asking how do we connect with our customers and we're asking our customers, you know, our clients, how do you want us to connect uh, pre COVID and now post COVID and is it in person? And some really want to meet in person and we've figured out a way to do that safely and in the office or at their office. And some, uh, absolutely want Zoom or WebEx. Uh, some, you know, don't have the technology, prefer the phone. Um, I have clients in Florida who, a couple who really just don't do technology. So I'm still traveling to see them. As our team talked about, how do we adapt to this? You know, one of my next gen people were like, well, how do we respond to holograms? You know, I'm like, well, that's a good point. I don't see holograms as something that's imminent, but it's something we should think about, right? So it's not too crazy to think out of the box because certainly nobody thought that COVID would, or I'm sure people thought, but most people didn't think that this would happen and just dramatically affect business like it has. Hmm. Holograms, really. Oh. <laughs> I know, exactly. Well, imagine that would be pretty easy to see people, you know, yeah. pretty ineffective, cost-effectively, I should say. Well, I mean, here's the thing is that they already have the the virtual reality goggles, Right. You could, mm-hmm. Tim, I'm thinking you need to be setting up some cameras in your office, capture it in virtual reality. So instead of just a Zoom meeting, they can feel like they're sitting in the chair. Right. There's right there. They can look around. They can see all the things in your office. I think that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, it's just like going back to Star Wars and <laughs> Luke right. Skywalker is being, you know, zoomed up. And, uh, but anyway, we're, uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, but the yeah. point is, it is definitely something because I talked to our tech people at Hightower and, and they said, yeah, that's actually a technology that will likely be available in the next five years. So wow. things are happening quickly, Eric, as That's, you know. Yeah, I'm trying not to let it pass me by, Tim. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. But really, you know, scenario planning also, you know, getting back to your question about should everyone do it, it's a process just like accounting, just like budgeting, just like human resources. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it really should be something that everybody – considers um, adding just to their annual business pro- you know, planning process. Like right now we're going through our, as a team, uh, our business planning for 2021. And, you know, we're adding, we're making sure that we're doing all kinds of scenario planning because one thing that's impacting our industry, just like every industry, is technology advancing quickly, but also uh, the, the next generation, uh, you know, and there's three next generations at this point mm-hmm. below mine, they want to deliver differently, you know? So, I mean, why the heck am I even podcasting, right? I mean, two <laughs> years ago, it never would have occurred to me. Yeah. But I was, you know, one of the drivers was I was at a holiday with my two daughters who were married and their husbands, and they're sitting on the couch talking about podcasts and how they really don't read. I mean, they read, but they don't read as much. They mm-hmm. get their data, they get their news, they get their information on podcasting. So I thought, yeah. well, how can I connect with people? How can I deliver the information if I'm just doing it written and nobody reads anymore, right? Yeah. Um, so that's just one example of it. And, you know, we just started doing uh, videos. Mm-hmm. So I produced uh, three or four videos. And I didn't even mention this to you, Eric, but we're starting to do something called bomb bomb videos. I don't know if you've seen those, but... I have not. What is that? You know, so 
people get emails all the time. I get hundreds and hundreds each day. Yeah. And it's delete, delete, delete. And so one of the things that we've had some success with using these videos is there's just a very simple process where you just sit at your desk, you create a video, or you're out on your deck and you have your iPhone, you create a video, and you and you actually send a 20-second, one-minute, you know, a small video with the email. So hmm. you're delivering your message verbally and visually versus in text. Yeah. And this next generation, and I keep saying that, it's probably a bad thing, but I think that I'm being told anyway that's what people prefer, so we're trying it out, right? We're, we're doing our best to figure out how to deliver and how to adapt and how to change, and, and a lot of that happened by going through the whole you know, scenario planning process. Yeah, and I know that you've been practicing some different dance moves for TikTok. I don't know when you're <laughs> launching your TikTok channel, but... Uh... Well, I, <laughs> I only became aware of TikTok as a result of COVID and out in politics, right? I, oh, yeah. I, I cut, cut the cable a couple of years ago. I don't mm. really watch news that much. I mean, my life is stressful enough just thinking about the business. I yeah. read a lot. But uh, actually, Eric, I didn't want to you know tell the world, but you were the one who told me a couple of episodes ago that you you and your wife watched some TikTok videos. Oh, so absolutely. It, it made me think I have to start exploring that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it again... We always are trying to keep up with the times, stay ahead of the times. I love the fact that you started podcasting a couple of years ago. Uh, you and I have been doing this for, I think, two solid years now. Yeah, and two years, yeah. you never, and, and I never, for that matter, never thought that a pandemic would hit, right? We mm-hmm. never thought that COVID was going to hit. But here's the beauty of it. When, when COVID did, you were already ahead of the game. You're already delivering your message verbally, uh, audio uh, for people right at home, right? And we know a shift happened probably a decade ago that people wanted less and less written material as far as like quarterly reports. And, you know, I don't want to sit down and read a five or six page document. Some people still do. Some people still want to do that, but give me the information in a nutshell. And if I can put headphones on and listen to it while I'm doing other tasks, boy, I'm more efficient that way. I'm probably happier that way. My wife, she loves to garden when it's not frozen out there, right? Uh, She loves to garden. She loves to do landscaping type stuff. And she will just put on headphones and listen to audio books. She'll listen to podcasts. She'll listen to music. Just depends on what she wants to do. And she can be out there for a couple hours doing that stuff. And and just time flies. Uh, It's it's the same principle as, as why in the military they have cadences, right? They're working hard, mm-hmm. they're marching, they're doing whatever, and they're singing cadences because it takes your mind off of it and you just keep going. And so right. this is the kind of thing that we're, we're looking at for the future of, of communication. Absolutely. And the other reason why you want to do you know, stress testing, um, scenario planning, is really to try and avoid surprises mm-hmm. like COVID, right? So I had done, in 2019, I interviewed seven clients who are in the construction, commercial construction industry, family-owned businesses. I also interviewed a number of their CPAs and attorneys, and I created a white paper entitled Five Wealth Management Challenges Facing the Construction Industry. And I mentioned that because one of the things that came out of it, in particular from one of the architects that I talked about, was the bidding process. You know, So when you're building a high school, when you're building a new hospital, when you're building a, a new post office, the traditional bidding process, especially with some of the larger deal contracts, where the, there's a RFP goes out, request for proposal, then there's basically everyone submits a blind bid and they open them up. 
Mm-hmm. And what's happening now in the industry, apparently, in, to some extent, is now there's more collaboration with, like, the architect is collaborating with the contractor, with the subs. So in many cases, the bids never even get RFP'd and sent out. And, mm-hmm. and the point is that if you're traditional focusing on the bidding process like you always have been, and you're not focusing on how things are changing, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities to do you know, big construction jobs, big contracting jobs, and it's just going to pass you by because then you're, you're not going to know in advance to kind of watch out for that stuff. So that's just an example of kind of why, to you know, not just to address industry changes, address demographics, address things like that, but also to try and avoid um, surprises, you know, that yeah. can be devastating to your business. Yeah, absolutely. So assuming you say, Tim, that makes sense, right? We need to do this. <laughs> There's either a uh, simple or what we would call an advanced scenario. And really, at the very least, I think people should, fo- companies should focus on the simple scenario where, you know, you're, you're getting together with your team. You know, your, maybe your CPA, your CFO, your internal team, your, um, and then you're basically going through a process where, number one, you're defining the goals and trying to identify the things that you need to, to look at. Like, so for us, one of the things that we think about a lot is how do we connect and how do we plan for the children and grandchildren of our clients? Um, so if we identify the clients where we're really focusing on their family, I want to make sure that, you know, they're trying to create a legacy. They're ultimately trying to transfer wealth. They're trying to prepare the next generation to receive the wealth. If we're not helping them prepare the, the next generation, if we're not serving the next generation, um, we're not doing our job. Mm-hmm. And, when I reach out to some of the next, their kids and grandkids, you know, they see me as uh, my declining years, like I talked about in a previous uh, podcast. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we've done is we've really focused on hiring younger, high-tech, smarter-than-me, next-gen great advisors like Samantha, Justin, um, you know, and Wes in our office here in Valpo. Mm-hmm. And we I do that because... First of all, they, I think they can connect better with the next generation, but also they're more in tune to how they want it delivered. So, for example, one thing that has come up recently was if you think about how you use your iPhone, if you think about how you maybe listen to podcasts or the way you pay for things, a lot of people now pay f- subscription services. They, they're more than willing to pay a monthly fee to get something that they want, like cable, mm-hmm. like their phone, things like that. So we're exploring you know, as a way to maybe attract and do planning for some of the children and grandchildren of the, of the, of our clients is, you know, should we be doing that? And we, we did all kinds of scenario planning and we ultimately concluded that the industry is telling us that there is a market for that. The industry is telling us, and we're seeing that there is a market for that, but the market is not developed enough to where we really want to allocate a lot of resources towards it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we determined we wanted to be aware of it, and we identified some key variables that we want to track just to kind of monitor to see if it's becoming more and more impactful and if it really is becoming a market. So again, just an example of kind of how you might want to do it in a very simple process like that. Yeah, I mean, it, I think we've all heard this, you know, the pioneers are the ones that get the arrows in the back, right? If you're too <laughs> exactly. early into something, it can cost you too much money. Uh, to be on that quote-unquote cutting edge, and it, it could be detrimental to your business. So I love the fact that you're tracking, keeping an eye on it, and you'll be ready to pull the trigger when and if it's something that is is desired, needed, and, and is going to be most effective for you and your clients. 
yeah, I used to always joke that my brother, my older brother was, you know, he swore the Betamax would beat the VCR, you know, and of course <laughs> most people don't even know what I'm talking about, but he always spent the money to buy the first out technology, you mm-hmm. know, the, the brick phone, right? The bag phone. Um, and I used to say, if you just wait a little bit, you might be able to get something better for less, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but he had it first, but, Tim. He did. He, I'm sure that was he always a cool a, house to go to. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure. But even just like a list of factors, you know, that this is the next thing you, you, you kind of list out the things that you think are important. So, you know, for us, it's, and everybody, I think it's technology for us. And for everybody, it's always looking at who your competitors are. When I talk to my commercial contractor clients, you know, when business gets slow, they find some of the larger competitors kind of lower their minimums and kind of come into their territory and, and to some extent underbid, mm-hmm. where they're just trying to maybe keep their employees busy and not necessarily make money, but that's not good for, you know, my clients. So you just need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of new competitors. You know, we think all the time in our industry, is Google going to be a competitor? Is Amazon going to be a competitor? Um, you know, I have a client who's in heating and air conditioning. And the way that they get their products now are much different than their, the, the, the equipment is much different from how it was. And to some extent, a couple of them anticipated that and they're doing well and others didn't and they're yeah. not. You know, I have a client who is in a very large, very successful commercial construction contractor. And I remember years ago, this is probably 10 years ago, they got into moving dirt. So obviously when you have a new construction project going, the first thing you see on the road is they're starting to tear down trees and move dirt and level dirt. And they had never been into that part of the business. And I asked him why they expanded into it. And he said, well, one of the reasons is if you look at the construction cycle where sometimes, you know, bids are out, things are good, but sometimes they're not. Generally, in the very beginning, they're moving dirt. So if we can add, diversify our revenue source and diversify our revenue streams, we're going to be a much more solid company and mm-hmm. much more secure. So, you know, just an example of how they went through the process and determined maybe there's some new product lines that we need to get into and what's the pros and cons and what's the best case, you know, worst case, et cetera, if they did. Hmm. And then once you kind of identify the categories and the things you want to, you know, really focus on, we have people break it out in, into like, well, what are the factors that really affect them? So like the social factors, like for us, you know, how do people like to listen, learn, collaborate, or demographic, you know, are, are because people are moving more, do I, do I really think of my business, for example, as regional or even local, or should I start thinking it as national? Because I do have a lot of clients who are now all over the country. And with technology and where the way we're delivering via Zoom, et cetera, uh, we're able to meet, have, you know, serve clients just as well, maybe in Florida, California, and all around mm-hmm. the country. Um, so you got to look at that, and, and demographics are really big for everybody. And so then you're, we have them write a description of each category. We focus on, you know, what's the best case what's the mainline case or the worst case that could happen? Mm-hmm. You know, like what if people don't travel going forward? How does that impact your business? Yeah. We re- then try to produce a one or two page kind of summary of each scenario. Um, and then really, I think one of the key areas is to develop a list of indicators to watch. So again, in that example I gave about subscription service, um, we're not going to do it right now, but we have a series of indicators we're going to track and monitor to mm-hmm. see if we should be moving into it. So those are really the steps that, focus on the basic approach to scenario analysis and really the advanced planning or the advanced scenario planning 
that we will have clients, we'll, we'll kind of work with clients on. It's the same process, except it really involves um, more of your team, for example. Maybe it involves off-site, you know, where you're, you're taking Saturday or Sunday and mm-hmm. you're really working together as a, as a team. It also involves um, bringing in maybe consultants. Like in our case, we brought in uh, Kelly Cruz out of California. She helped us with organizational charts and personality testing and David DeVoe with benchmarking to make sure that, you know, our pricing and everything we're doing is competitive. And we rely to a great extent also on Hightower and some of the other teams that I collaborate with. But as a bottom line, the more sophisticated ones, uh, more advanced scenario planning, you're involving more people. Um, you typically have some sort of facilitator and outside consultants, which I highly recommend. And you're just looking at more detail, mm-hmm. you know, more scenarios, more options, and then also more variables to look at. So I think that, you know, getting back to your question, I think everybody should do it. I think most, a lot of business owners do some variation of it, but I also have business owners that, you know, at this point they really don't do formal budgeting even. So mm-hmm. I really think it's a very important thing to do to prepare for things that could happen and also to kind of focus on maybe what's happening in your industry and your business itself. Tim, I would, then, I'm going to challenge you on, on okay. not, not on what you just said, but I'm just going to challenge you. Uh, you know the ins and outs of what people need to be doing to work on their business, not just in it, right? Um, yes. Do you think you could put a, together a list uh, or, or, you know, we could call it a white paper, but kind of a list of maybe one thing a month a a business owner should be focusing on maybe you know so just once a month if they block some time and as as a coach i put my coach's hat on here time blocking is one of my favorite things but block some time to to work on the business right uh, so like you said if they don't even have a formalized budget take one day in in a month maybe that's the january month and you sit down and you 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 block that time to do the budget right uh, that next month maybe it's you know some sort of uh, longer term planning or, or scenario planning uh, you start a, one of the steps of scenario planning uh, could you put together a list like that for for business owners yeah I definitely think that would be we have our more formal checklist but I definitely think yes the answer is yes I can break it down and we can put together kind of a process where we offer one a month um, and then in addition offer the listeners and our clients and whoever's interested you know, more detail if they want to get more information or implement some of these things and, and also talk about maybe some of the pitfalls, you know, of, uh, of in the process too. So yeah, yeah, I would love to do that. I think that would be a great follow-up um, after this podcast to the listener. Yeah, I, I just think that there's so many of us business owners that we get caught up, right? We, we just get busy and all of a sudden seven months have gone by and like, oh my gosh, I haven't done this or I haven't done that. Um, and it, it's a great reminder to be able to put something on a calendar, especially if you could put together a list, whether it's every month or every other month, just to put it on a calendar, know this is the day that I'm going to do this, this is what I'm going to tackle, and that way there's no excuses, really. And, and that, that might just help people get off their butts to do a, you know at least some simple stuff until they reach out and yeah. actually work with your team and really tackle the, the, the hardcore stuff that's going to drive their business in the future. So I'll just leave everyone with the thought that you, you need to take the first, the crucial first step to commit to scenario planning. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, contact us, go to our website, uh, check out the, the monthly ideas that Eric is now going to have me do. Thank you, Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also just reach out if you want more formal processes and planning anytime, and, and we'd be glad to help. That's fantastic. Tim, thank you so much. Uh, it's always a pleasure, obviously, uh, but really, it's, I, I appreciate the time that you put in. And this is free information. 
right? This is, this, you're not charging for the podcast. You're not charging for your white papers. You're not charging for all the information that you put out there. Uh, I know you well enough to say that your heart is all about families and business owners, um, being one yourself, a family member and, and yep. a, you, you know, you're running a family and you're running a business. That's so, my passion. Yep. There it is. Yeah. And so I, I, I love that. So thank you again so much for your time and, and, um, can you give contact information one more time just for those that didn't get a chance to write it down the first time? Sure. If you want to reach me, my direct phone is 219-246-5370, or you can send me an email at tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com. Fantastic. Of course, last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wall Stream Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family and your business partners. Uh, this is definitely one to, to share because if you haven't done this, it's a good idea to start planning now. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 